0: This is another fantastic episode of What's New in Cloud FinOps with me, Franck Contrepois, and my friend... Stephen Old.
1: You've already set the bar high by saying it's going to be a fantastic episode, but I think you might be right. I'm looking forward to it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to go, as usual, through the news, latest news, and how that impacts cost and FinOps in general. And then we're going to do an exercise which is extremely fun. We're going to go into deciding what can be done for free, using free tier with the cloud vendors. So we'll go through some of the products which are are from free possibilities. Let's put it that way. And then we'll try to create some interesting use cases around that. Uh, We will start in alphabetical order with AWS. And, and we will go through both the always free and the free for 12 months.
1: Absolutely, I mean, it'll be interesting to see whether we can come up with different use cases for the uh, the other two clouds as we as we go through them. Um, listeners who've been listening throughout will recognize one of the ideas we've got <laughs> from a previous episode. Um And I I wonder if we'll end up just building that in all three. But uh, it's worth noting we've not had a chance to build these things yet. But uh, we might report back at a later date um, whether we managed to do them and actually whether they ended up being free. Because it's always worth uh, noting that (laughs) sometimes you get it wrong because you don't realise that it calls out to another service. And we'll talk about that a bit today.
0: Yes. So starting with news... Um, we have 10 news, really, and as usual, most of them are AWS. So I'm going to start. The first thing is that it's not something. It's, so it is you're gonna, you can reduce the cost of accessing the KMS, so the key management system on AWS, when you do big moves of files in S3, very technical stuff. So in the past, every time you would move a file from one bucket, to another, which were encrypted differently, there would be one call to the, give me the key to decrypt that information, give me the key to encrypt it back. Now this system can be done with just just one call to the encryption system, give me the key to decrypt all of these ones, give me the key to encrypt all of these ones. And so there is a reduction in cost for calling KMS.
1: I'm so glad you got that one. when i read it initially i was just like what um he's anyway, sticking with aws a nice easy one you can tell how i if i get the chance to choose who does what all the non-technical ones come to me uh aws are announcing per second billing for ec2 windows and sql server instances um i i know i've talked about this somewhere else uh, but i think this is this is great um as long as you um you know use uh, more than a minute's worth, <laughs> it is already going to be cheaper because it's going to be more accurate when you switched on, unless you actually like, you know switch off to the minute. Um, but you know anything we can do to uh, granular, you know, make more granular our abilities to save money by switching things off um, is always better. Um, and it's an interesting one because Frank wrote an article previously about actually how the EC2 vms behind the scenes are actually um priced the same pretty much always um with a few exceptions behind the scenes when you look at linux first and there's always this kind of license fee um we've always felt the license fee is kind of what has got in the way of them being able to lower the um, the price denomination or the duration denomination and so now they have got around that so great yeah. news
0: so now we have a la- per second license fee which is quite nice yeah. Hmm. Next one is quite interesting because I didn't know about this service and the fact that it costs $1,000 a month is probably the reason. (laughs) 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 Amazon Kendra. So that is a search engine really for your office. So you just say, hey, this is the 100,000 documents I have, index them, work through them, and allow me to do queries. And... The system has effectively a price which is quite high. Uh, They have reduced it. So now it just got $1,008 per month. Uh, But if you also use a developer edition, which is much with less capabilities, you get it for just $810 a month. So there is a reduction. If you've been using Kendra, also let us know because I really would like to see how it works. I've never used it directly myself
1: yeah super so yeah it's both a a minimum sizing drop and the and the actual cost drop isn't there yes. uh, but it still has a reasonable entry point let's so. yes. say um moving on um just talk a little bit about training some new self-paced courses uh, for pl- cloud procurement, NET and amazon code guru are now available Obviously, as you can imagine, the one I'm most bothered about is cloud procurement. Um, CodeGuru, although an excellent service, does quickly rack whack up its costs as well. Uh, but there was an interesting free trial, but I think people fell off a cliff when they <laughs> when they run out of the free trial because it is, um, yeah, it, it does some some brilliant things. But these are available um, on for, for the how to buy cloud. Um, Which also may we add that you can always come and talk to us about that and we can do webinars for you as well, but they are available on Coursera, edX and Udemy.
0: Yep. So it's it's always good to do some learning. I'm probably going to try to look at that to see also what is, how are they pushing their... their, What's their narrative? the narrative. And one of the interesting things you will you, you can do is based on that narrative, you can usually understand the, the strategy behind that they are building or they're pushing forward or, or changes. I, I found this very fascinating from, from the moves, the marketing moves, you understand what's happening behind the scenes. But going to the next one, we are talking about high memory instances. And so uh, so now we have memory instances with six terabyte, nine terabyte, and twelve terabytes of memories. They are called the U U6TB1.56x large just there, 112x large, or well, still 112x large. The idea is that they are absolutely massive machines. Everything is in memory, though, 12 terabytes. I still remember, I think it was nine years ago, we were struggling to get one terabyte in a, in a machine. <laughs> now we're talking about 12. And obviously, they are really done for one thing, So that which is in-memory database, and in particular, SAP HANA. So all those machines are certified by SAP for running business suite on HANA, SAP S4, et cetera, et cetera. So it is all about... SAP database and SAP instances, really. Yeah, so enjoy playing with uh, massive stuff like, I don't that's lots of data. <laughs> the next one is Go, is about effectively optimization, is AWS Compute Optimizer that finally gives you even more easy to instance type information Uh, So AWS Compute Optimizer will try to tell you if things are over-provisioned, under-provisioned, or correctly provisioned. And now they are effectively covering, for example, 153 new EC2 instance types. So that includes all the I section, the D thing, everything with enhanced networking, so everything ending with a a lowercase n, high frequency instances, the Z1, and all the Graviton2. So you, you get more information and it gets you uh, more information, sorry. It is looking at your local hard drive, IOPS, your how many network packets you're using. Because in the cloud, if there is no communication out of your network, there is probably nothing being done by that machine. So it goes through more detail to give you better insights and better recommendations.
1: Great stuff. Finally, moving on to another cloud provider. I'm going to speak briefly about Google. Um, Very exciting news, stuff we've been waiting for for a little while, is that they announced the launch of the uh, Tau uh, VMs, which are the new AMD-based VMs. They're based on the Milan chips, which came out in March of this year. I have to be cautious what I say with this, because I've had lots of great conversations with AMD and remembering what I am and I'm not allowed to say. So I'll just say what's in the articles, which I think really jumps out. 56% higher absolute performance and 42% higher uh, price performance compared to general purpose VMs from any leading public cloud vendors. I mean, that's that's quite something. We're expecting a lot from these chips. We're really excited about them. Um, you know, we think they've got some good green credentials as well, um, which isn't in the article, so I won't speak about that any further. But they really seem to have up their game, AMD, and they've always been really well priced. And so we're excited to uh, to see people uh, moving across these Tau VMs, because we think they're really going to give you great bang for your buck.
0: Yep. So try them out at least, try them out, and uh, I think you might be, you you will be surprised and positively surprised. Moving to Azure. Uh, On Azure, so we have the DCS, because I need to get it right there. So you have the DCS2 series, who's getting a discount of 37%. The DCSV2 series in Azure is a very security Uh, based or focused type of instances. They use the latest uh, Intel CPUs and capabilities. I think it's called SGX, the technology, and it is about being reserving some memory and blocking it, really creating what they call enclosures. That will mean that nothing, you create areas of memory that cannot be changed. And that is usually important because most attacks of hacking and other things like that happen in the memory. So having something that is protected at a chip level really makes a difference when you know how to use that, and usually it's extremely complicated.
1: Absolutely. And moving on to our final piece, um, which was part of what um, actually drove us to do this, this topic, is Azure have... Five more free services available from the Azure Free Account. And last month we talked about that they've released them. They are really going for this. So I think we're going to be able to hopefully come up with some great things for the next uh, next podcast. Um, But just let everyone know that the new uh, free amounts are for uh, Azure Database for Postgres, um, Azure Database for MySQL, Azure Key Vault, Azure Logic Apps, and the encoding feature of the Azure Media Services. now, there really are just a lot of services that are available in this, in this free piece now. And I've, one thing I did wonder was whether you could have a um, PostgreSQL and a MySQL database. Um, and it appears you could. <laughs> and it appears you could have a SQL database as well, <laughs> an MS SQL database as well, uh, all running. So I'm going to have a little look into that because it it lists them separately. So it's not like it's saying, hey, you can have, you know, the the Azure SQL offering. Um, yeah. You then need to go and decide which flavour you want. Mm-hmm. All three are listed as items. Um, so I, I mean, I think that's <laughs> that's staggering if it is, um, because as we we will talk about in um, in our always free section for uh for aws data is the hard bit sometimes in these and having three places to lobby data would have been made our life a lot easier um and i guess without further ado maybe let's start talking about that so as frank said we're we're actually looking at two pieces one what is always free is it actually free? And then what could we maybe create with that always free stuff? Um, to which we've had a few ideas and we you know, we kind of looked at the inputs and outputs and we'll talk about that in a, in a little bit and go with a little use case we came up with. And then what you could do with the 12 month free stuff, which let me tell you, it's a lot easier. <laughs> we have <laughs> loads, loads of ideas for that. Um, but the the always free was, was interesting, wasn't it Frank? Because there is quite a list of things. Um, But we start then breaking it down into what actually is free and what is
0: partially free,
1: partially free, but uses some of the service. So whipping through the list and you can call out any you want to talk about, particularly, Frank, but DynamoDB. We truly believe is is free um I think it was twenty five gig or something so it's yeah, it's a reasonable size
0: you got storage they also help you with provisional read and write capacity so you you can effectively manage really full dynamo DB.
1: yeah absolutely lambda you get a good chunk of lambda free and some step functions Yes. super um s n s appears to be absolute uh absolutely free for the the initial tier a little bit of CloudWatch, but you know based on what you'd be able to build for always free, I think, enough.
0: Yeah, Um, the interesting thing is that CloudWatch also gives you some uh, space for data archive. What what I'd like people to check there, which I'm not sure, is if CloudWatch save save in S3, which is not
1: we, we we hope it doesn't because it lists it in the thing as what you get, but, you know, it's it can be quite hard to tell these things. The next one was Cong, uh, Cognito, where the MAUs are free. If you use the data storage and the sinks, you only have 12 months on those, but the, the rest of it is continuous. Um, a little bit of Glacier.
0: A little bit of Glacier through API only. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> retrieval, not storing, so not really free.
1: Yeah. Um. SES, that was
0: free. Yes, 62,000 emails.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, that's a few, isn't it? Um, SQS, free. Yes. SWF, workflow.
0: Yeah, so that's an interesting one because I am also, the part is where where are the recipes of SWF, so SWF is a workflow system. Uh, and you need to do... Pre- it's it's based on programming. So I think it's completely free. Uh, yeah. You don't need to save anything anywhere. But uh, be careful. And when we say we, we might use some S3, the cost is still going to be under the dollar a month. Yeah. But no, it's not free. It's not free. Yeah. <laughs> we're we are on this one.
1: <laughs> we are pretty strict, exactly. Organizations, fine. We, we believe that one. The next four is an interesting one because we debated this and we, we we need to go and test it but code build code deploy code commit and code artifact
0: yeah and code pipeline yep
1: a code pipeline
0: they yeah they all save the data the artifacts inside s3 normally so that effectively
1: yeah
0: part of the world was free
1: but in code commit you had some storage included so if we could use that storage throughout and it doesn't call out anywhere else or we're using what's in code artifact which also had a little bit of storage then we thought we might be able to get away with it but we'd need to test it was where we thought because in our heads we know it has to call out to some storage somewhere it's whether the you know therefore it's ever having to use s3 and you're getting charged for that or whether it's all being handled in what you can use for free in some of those services
0: no, yes. Can you extract the data all in Koshkami? Just download it for while well, you do the building and it's not yeah. going to cost you. It's part of it. So interesting. There's the corner cases which are going to be interesting to look for. Yep.
1: Yeah. Glue. I mean, you can use it, but you can't put the data. Well, you could put the data into Dynamo. Yes, but I mean, why would you be using glue to put your data into a twenty five gig dynamo or have the size of the dynamo is yeah. uh, is a bit questionable. And where are you getting the data from? How are you going to pull that data in? Could you use database migration service, which was on the list maybe <laughs> into it or something, but it's <laughs> yeah. it was a tricky one.
0: <laughs> I think glue they' they're very specific on one million objects. to enable AWS glue data catalog or it it seems really to be focused on a narrow aspect so it's mm-hmm. big to say one million but then underneath you see it's one million of something which is just part of of the service the glue thing glue yeah. service glue is still brings up clusters and as far as i can see here it's not for the clusters yeah so running glue would cost you money x-ray that that's quite it appears cool.
1: free yeah yeah Although you wouldn't get a lot of it. I mean, you'd get get some, but you could quickly use it up, I think, is the point. Uh, So you just have to be cautious in how you managed it. Uh, KMS, super. That does appear to be free. Yeah. Uh, The well-architected review tool. (laughs) 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 After you've done it to check your homework. Uh, And service catalogue.
0: Yes, it's and Control Tower is always free, but whatever we're going to cost some money. It's
1: exactly, free. it it requires three accounts. It requires longness. It, it builds things instantly, doesn't it? Um, Macy is free, but you need the store. You need S three to um, to use it. Yes, and I even had a look to see whether you could pull data out of, or well, you could use Macy over running, um, over running Dynamo. But actually, even in the guides on how to do it, you pull the data out of Dynamo using Lambda, put it in S3, run Macy on S3, and then, and then push back. So you need the S3 piece, which we haven't got, um, which was one of our biggest challenges throughout yes. <laughs> our des- up with a design. Um, DB migration service, we've just briefly yeah, spoken about.
0: The only storage you really get from the always free is the Dynamo DB, the dynamo. And potentially the Cloud Commit. Yeah, those are two the only places we get something which looks like
1: and a tiny bit in code artifact I think
0: yeah if we want to trick it but I don't <laughs> yeah.
1: know how, how we put anything US. in code artifact that's not code
0: yeah uh, US, which will allow you up to I think it's 4 meg per, uh, per message <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah not sure that would effectively be nice uh, anyway it saves also in S3 yeah
1: yeah. Cool. So the License, wedding, oh, we've still got so some more. We've still got some more. We've got License Manager, but you haven't got any services with licenses, so it's pointless. You've got Storage Gateway, but you've got nowhere to put it. You've got Honeycode, which we do things for you. We've got nowhere to host your app. Um, Migration Hub, but you've got to migrate it somewhere. Application Discovery, um, fair enough, but I don't really count it as a free service that we could use to build anything. Cloud Formation, fine, but um, the, the artifacts and stuff. Control Tower, we talked about. You can get the WAF bot control for free, but you'd have to pay for the WAF and Migration Evaluator, uh, which is LTsO Logic product. Uh, but again, although it is free, which is super, you're not kind of get you know you're not getting any AWS service you can build on from it. So that was that was where we hit our roadblocks there. So that was our full comprehensive list of the always free, yeah. Frank. Mm-hmm. And I liked you came up with a bit of an idea of what you could use for inputs outputs.
0: Um, yeah, and the so the idea was to say instead of just, before even starting with uh, um, the but really the starting with a use case is really how can we send requests? Send requests, and the first thing you can send requests with is going to be obviously the CLI. You can use SCS, so you can send email. You can set SNS, that's gonna also be for free. Um, And I need to find my graph on CloudCraft.
1: Um, You could also use SES, SNS, and
0: Cognito. Cognito also can be used to start the other. uh, Then you can elaborate information. So the elaboration of information, you do Lambda, you have step functions, you have DynamoDB, so with those three, you can really do lots of things. Uh, well, that should be good to go. The next then was the output. And you can use SNS and you can use SES again. So you can send information to Slack and you can send emails. So it's easy to start thinking about, hey, I send an email, based on the email, the system will collect information and send that back to me via email or I send, info, I send requests through, uh, for example, Slack, the system will elaborate and extract data from the DynamoDB and send it back to Slack too. So that seems to be an architecture that you can use and that would work. Uh, so then Steve came up with a, with a good idea of what we could do with this kind of thing, and I mean, that's all a yours.
1: Good idea is strong. Uh <laughs> you're really trying to shoehorn things in when you when you've got these kinds of services, when you've got so little that can do compute, so little places to store it. But I think we got away with a little idea. Now It's worth noting that this would be using some external services, um, which we are already, you know, um, hosting and and wouldn't have additional cost to us, and that's kind of how we looked at it. Um, But you could use the same kind of concepts to build around other services you have. And the idea would be that a customer would log in to a support area that you already have um, that you might might be hosting, and that would be using Cognito. This would trigger Lambda to a login entry that they've been in, but also to bring up details or, um, you know, the chat function that we have in our support area, which is, you know, hosted and being charged for elsewhere. So don't get me wrong, that's not free in itself. But you could also just have it just send anywhere. The the point is that you could get data to be pulled out of the um, the DB and sent um, and have some notifications sent via SNS to go to, probably in our case Slack. Um, the piece that... We then thought it was that, you know, then that could be dealt with, and this would be dealt with off this infrastructure. Um, but then when they logged out again, you could have another Lambda that sent, and literally in this case, we're just using the service to use another service, but you could go via SQS and then go to SES to send them an email to make sure that they were happy that um, they got everything in their time logged in. Um, so, yeah, we're using the logical services you discussed, Um and to have some um, some benefit, but it took us quite a bit of shoehorning in to get a, a proper use case in it.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, and uh, so for example, I was thinking for a salesperson, they can just log in from their mobile or whatever, mm. and the system will elaborate and identify all the addresses they need to go to, all the clients they need to talk with this month or nice week today, whatever. And that comes back, and this is the list of people' name and and telephone numbers, for example, and. That should be one hundred percent free, forever.
1: Yeah, and you could email that out to them. Yes. You could you can message it out or you notification it out to the Slack, and you could follow that up with an email as well. That's a really nice one.
0: So that was the fully free. And thank you, Steve, to go back to all the stuff that we have really free, not free, partially free. And I have to say, the big limitation is S three, which is you all over the place
1: you just need it for everything don't you you just need it for everything
0: in comparison
1: now we're going to move on to 12 months free and i'm really pleased to tell you that on the first page of um of it in fact the second item is five gig of s3
0: hey we yeah. can do something
1: <laughs> we can do something uh you also get a um a free t2 or t3 uh nano um mm-hmm. 750 hours that can be windows may i add in case you want to really oh, uh really make oh, the most of it. it wow.
0: uh,
1: is a micro yes yeah, um
0: we micro that's quite
1: nice yeah but yeah yeah not nano yeah micro um so then you get your 5 gig, 20, two, uh, sorry, 20,000 gets and 2,000 puts. So we just need to be a little bit cautious with our puts. Um, 750 hours of RDS. Oh, my goodness. Look at all these places we're getting put, to put things now. Uh, we've got a million API gateways. We've got 50 gig of uh, CloudFront transfer out and 2 million HTP or HTTPS requests. I mean, I don't know. We've got 50K uh of units of text of comprehend um we've got amazon connect for 90 minutes we haven't built that into our uh, in our plans efs 5 gig love efs block storage 30 gig oh my goodness we're just blessed with all this free stuff for 12 months that we can do things with um elastic container registry 500 megabytes i mean we're not going to particularly need that in this case um, 20 minutes of elastic transcoder um, we haven't built that in in what we're looking at doing. 750 hours of a elastic hash, which again is a micro, T2 or T3. Um, I mean, we'll definitely find a way of using that. Uh, elastic hash, you can always find a way. Always find a way. Uh, 750 hours of a T2 too, too small for elastic search, just in its nature, what it, it's doing, it needs to be a bit bigger, right? Um, and you get 10 gig per month of optional EBS storage. So there we go. Look, look at all these places we're getting, uh, we're getting uh, additional storage. Um, Game Lift, 125 hours. We, we haven't got a reason to use that. Lex, 10,000 hours. We're definitely going to find a way to use that. Um, Amazon MQ, yeah. I mean, it's always, always uh, reason yeah. to use message brokers. Pinpoint was one we didn't really even know, was it? No. But 5,000 targeted push notifications for mobile apps, and a million free push notifications per month. And, um, sorry, 5,000 free targeted users, users.
0: per month.
1: Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, in our design, we have one. Uh, <laughs> no, maybe, maybe two. Um, and then, yeah, a million free push notifications and 100 million events. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it ended up being quite a, a neat one that we hadn't really realized. Poly, of course, we'll find a way of using the 5 million Oh, yeah, we're going to
0: use poly. That's going to be fun. <laughs>
1: um, 5,000 recognitions. Uh, that is of uh, analysis of images, and you can store up to 1,000 face metadatas. Yes um transcribe 60 minutes we haven't got a good reason to transcribe yet mm. um not not in our use case that we're going to do uh, which people maybe haven't guessed yet uh, amazon translate two two million uh amplify console you get 15 gig date you get three data pipelines what a life we're living in mm-hmm. um adres green grass we get three devices lovely um iot we're definitely going to need that, 250K uh, of messages. Um, and device management, we can have up to 50. We, we don't need 50. I think we're going to have one or two. Um, OpsWorks for Chef, uh, we're probably not going to use, to be honest. Nope. Uh, or for Puppet, probably not going to use that either as well. Uh, elastic load balancing, I mean, we're not going to need it because we've only got one uh, machine, but we're going to use it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's still it's, it's still the right thing in case we get an unhealthy machine we'll still use an ASG and, and kill it and, and rebuild it you know build yeah, things in the right and way
0: and the SSL and it's really it's still good to exactly works better with that uh, also uh, should always be there right of, but that yeah. cost
1: um, AWS IoT events gonna get, we're going to get uh, 2,500 of those 5,000 IoT things of uh, graph service and then we've got 500 objects or human reviews from amazon a2i are free so the amazon augmented ai we can also get objects to reviewed um by human which uh,
0: uh, yeah yeah it's making yeah. work yeah which is really um, humans?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, Amazon Interactive Video Service, which I know you've pulled in in the end because you like what that's doing. Um, had a great mm-hmm. idea for that, and then we've got AppSync as well. um If we're running GraphQL uh, APIs at scale, uh, which in our design we're not. Now, without further ado, Frank, why don't you tell people what we're going to go try build? We've we've come up with the concept at the moment. We yeah. we have so many options. We don't even know which services we might use at the end. But we are very confident that we could create something pretty cool yes
0: so so first of all is the reason there there are two big reasons for that first of all we want this podcast to be massively successful and if you want to be massively successful on internet you need a cat (laughs) so we're going to start with a cat and the only person with a cat here is steve he has a beautiful sunny cat absolutely brilliant cat and sunny has two characteristics. So first, he has a microchip which allows him to enter or exit the house without just automatically. And there is an automatic door that will just block any any other cat. But Sonny also is a massive hunter and loves to bring back rabbits and mice, potentially alive, just, just for the fun, just to see how Steve is capable as hunting to hunting capabilities. And yep. so what we want to do is to create a way, an IoT, a camera that will check, for example, before 6 a.m., if Sun is coming back with something in his mouth, just stop, <laughs> do not open the door.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I'm more willing to deal with it during the day, although I has brought a live rabbit into my office during a Zoom meeting before. Um, oh. And it is honestly one of the best excuses you've ever got for i'm just gonna have to take my camera off and go and mute for a minute <laughs> <laughs> because my cat's just brought in a rabbit and you can tell and this is also something we're going to talk about in a minute. you can tell whether he's got it because he has a very different meow he's actually in the room at the moment so i'm going to wonder if i'm going to see if he turns around or i do this his normal meow is pretty quiet it's just like meow like that you know i want food feed me you know you'd live to do what i say his meow when he's got An animal in his mouth is kind of an open mouth meow because there's something in between. And so it's just meow, it is fairly different. Um, and so we've we've got two ways of checking, which is something Frank came up with when we were talking about this as well. Um, that we can make sure that his meow when he meows to get into the cat flap is the right meow. Um (laughs) and make sure there's not a
0: bloody rabbit in his mouth. So to do that, we wanted to use a camera and use, uh, first of all, recognition. Um, the idea was to, to look and make sure it's the right cat and it doesn't have anything in his mouth, the right color. And if it is a neighbor's cat, we also want probably to have
1: uh, a <laughs> little message saying, Merlin, we'll let Sonny know that you're here uh, because Merlin comes and knocks on the cat flap for Sonny, for Sunny to come out so they can go play. Um, and then we thought that we'd also then uh, potentially get Alexa to uh, around the house tell Sunny by just push, doing a a poly Sunny
0: Merlin's at the door for you. Um, also welcome Sunny when it is the fact of the cat without anything <laughs> at the right time. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. So recognition on a a uh, webcam or a camera that is which is actually looking for movement, right? That's what we'd say. You can get these ones actually looking for it. So we are going to have to pay for this piece of kit to do that. Um, but I think that's all right because I have a load of kind of smart devices anyway, so I should have one of those. Um, but I do have one of those. It's not a should. I do have one of those uh, that we can use. So um, we knew we were going to do that. We were also going to use my Raspberry Pi to... Um, handle the local computation of um, of being able to receive the signal to do the mechanical lock. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to turn a a dial, basically, um, from to closed or open. That is how we're mechanically going to have to do it. So we'll have to um, you know build that piece out. But that you know I'm sure Meccano can make that work.
0: So. So yeah, for this, we're going to use the, the services we've talked about, so we need to, there is recognition, there is poly, there is a virtual or real Alexa, there is a Raspberry Pi, which is always uh, nice to play with. Mm. We can put whatever we want a database behind uh, and AC 2s and all this kind of thing, that's going to be easy. And we we're going to pinpoint, use Pinpoint, to send, yeah. Pinpoint to send things to uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> so let me know five in the morning but just letting <laughs> you know how many times he brought stuff in
1: yeah so and maybe honey code to, to build the um, the mobile app to um, the, the we're going to receive the notification in to tell us what's going on
0: yes and also yeah. just to enable or disable it maybe it's coming in but you're awake for any kind of strange reason talk, call with Asia mm. <laughs> And you're awake at five, and yeah, authorized. There are lots of interesting things that here we can we'll be able to do, but I think you really um, we we really so sort of, we really do think that that can be done with the twelve month free. And at the same time, it's an interesting and funny use case, so we we will try to find some time to build it, really. It's going to be. It's going to be fun pretty sure it's going to be well received also Uh, and it has cats so that should increase this podcast and visibility a lot and and also recording the cats coming in because videos of cats on the internet
1: he also he's he's quite an odd cat in his way that um the way he comes in the cat flap he always kind of knocks on it pauses and, and that's probably to make sure his chip works but he you know when you're a kid and you pretended that like the carpet was fire or something yes sonny's like that with certain if a if a mat or a rug is too fluffy he just tries not to walk on it, and he will do all sorts of acrobatics to get around it and not meaningfully because i ordered it during lockdown but I ordered a doormat for that door that he comes in on, which happened to be a bit more fluffy than planned. And so he does also, as he comes in, try to avoid putting more than like one foot on the mat. So it's going to be well worth a video just for watching his attempts to uh, <laughs> use his cat flap without, without stepping on his on his uh, flap. But, uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed this one. I'm quite looking forward to seeing what we could do with Azure. and and uh, and GCP and it'll give me a good excuse to actually do something new with the Raspberry Pi and to learn some stuff and we think we could actually host the um the IoT um uh operating system on there maybe as well which will yep. which will help. So uh, we're going to go try build this one out, and then if we do, we'll put a a YouTube on it. If only we'd have thought of this before you came up for the weekend, um, we could have actually done it there. Because at the moment, we're going to be relying on my technical capability of implementation, which I think is going to be the downfall. But we'll probably make any video even funnier.
0: Yes, yeah, so I'm sure we can come up with something. <clears throat> Let's figure it out mechanically. I am between catastrophic and very bad, and so. <laughs>
1: I, that's the only bit I bring to the parties. I think I'll be okay at the mechanical bit. Actually,
0: okay. It's, so it's let's the
1: <laughs> it's the rest that's going to be poor. Yeah, so um,
0: yeah, keep tuned, guys. Uh, it might be funny. It might never see the light of the day, but it will. Pro- we're going to try our best. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Uh, if you want to participate? Just let us know. I think it's always good to have more people having ideas. But if you implement it the idea inspired you but please do so and let us know and share the things and if you can talk about this podcast as the main source of idea that would be brilliant
1: absolutely thank you so much and uh, and i think that's that for now and you know we now need to go and uh, go back to the drawing board and come up with some new ideas for the other free services for the next couple of months but thank you everyone for uh, for listening it's been our pleasure as always
0: Fantastic. Have a great day, everyone. Talk
1: to you soon. Talk soon. Goodbye.